You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening? Welcome to the Lockdown Pistons podcast, your episode for Wednesday, February the 17th. And that's right, coming to you from the future today, if you're listening on Tuesday. This is your boy, Matt Shook, the host of the Lockdown Pistons podcast, a sports writer here in Detroit City covering sports gambling for PlayMichigan.com, a Pistons fan and follower my whole life, just like you guys, and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. Today is part two of the Blake Griffin fallout. Brother Brian and I chopped it up late on Monday night. We figured we'd turn it into two episodes, trade talk yesterday, check out yesterday's show on Tuesday, and then Tuesday part two, which is actually the Wednesday episode, very confusing, the buyout talk, and also some Blake Griffin memories with the Pistons, and looking ahead to Wednesday night in Dallas. But whether you're a pro athlete, an exhausted parent, or you spend all day in an office chair, CBDMD wants to give you all the support you need to make it through the day. CBD Freeze and Recover are an outstanding duo of topical products with specialized formulas to provide targeted relief where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try Freeze, Recover, and every other CBDMD product, you can take 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com promo code NBA. For 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the word about the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Like we said, looking back on Blake Griffin, resetting what's going on. No new news before we since we last spoke about the separation agreement, I guess we're at at this point. It's, it's, it's mutual. Blake Griffin has the right to work out of the facility, although my guess is he's not traversing the Michigan roads until maybe later. Today, also going to look back at the past, his best moments with the Pistons, and we're going to look ahead to Wednesday night's game in Dallas against the Mavericks, as this is the Wednesday episode of Lockdown Pistons. Don't expect another one Wednesday, although, hey, if something happens, we are on the ready here in the Lockdown Pistons headquarters. But give me a follow on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore after that. Also the Lockdown Pistons Twitter account, and check us out on Facebook at Lockdown Pistons dash Matt Shook. Give Brother Brian a follow at bshook12 on Twitter and also check out the play underscore Michigan Twitter account as well. Almost a thousand followers there. But just to reset the news, Blake Griffin and the Pistons have agreed that he'll be out of the lineup until Franchise and his representatives work through a resolution on his playing future. On the record quote from Troy Weaver to ESPN.com and everyone else, and it sounds like they're going to work together. A press, not a press release, but leaking quotes with from Griffin and the Pistons. Griffin says, "I am grateful to the Pistons for uh, understanding what I want to accomplish in my career and for working together on the path forward." We talked on part one of this podcast about possible trades, anchors that might uh, around the league that might be able to get to the start of matching Blake Griffin's salary in a deal, and then you could take those from there. But the main point being some of these aren't maybe as negative of a contract value as Blake, but they're also negative contract values, and they're longer in years. So does Troy Weaver and the Pistons want to commit to a contract that's two years longer or something like that than Blake Griffin? That's a question I'll have to ask you. Obviously, it depends on the player and the contract and what you have to attach to Blake Griffin, if anything, to make that happen. So a lot of scenarios out there trade-wise, but the most likely scenario 
is that the Pistons and Blake Griffin eventually, sometime relatively soon, uh, probably after maybe the trade deadline on March 25th, sit down and hash out a buyout agreement to where uh, all expectations being that the Pistons will pay Blake Griffin his full salary this year and that as part of his opt-in to next year, he will mutually de- uh, agree upon a value that will be uh, the amount that he gets paid for next year and they can actually chip down the cap. I, at first I thought that they meant that the cap number would stay the same and that they would just be negotiating cash in terms of how much he gets paid and how much the Pistons give him. But apparently everything I'm reading online says they can actually uh, come to that agreement and it chips down the salary cap number for the Pistons next year. So I'll discuss that a little bit here and then talk about some teams with Brother Brian that might be interested in Blake Griffin at the buyout and get his temperature on that. So here's part two of that discussion. The first question is, what is the buyout amount? Uh, Again, I think the starting point of this is that the Pistons will pay him if this is the scenario, the Pistons will pay him the, his full rest of this season. And, and how much does Blake, is Blake, if at all, willing to give back of that $39.8 million of next season so that the Pistons um, don't take a trade instead and just buy him out and let him go where he wants to go? Just kind of throwing numbers out there. To me, it makes a lot of sense for Blake to say, I want all my money. The Pistons to say, we're letting you kind of go and go wherever you want. How about we give you half, and then they kind of meet in the middle, something like that, where the Pistons have $30 million of dead money on their books next year. Blake gives up $10 million. Maybe it's more like 15 or 20. Maybe it's closer to half. But I don't really see a scenario where the Pistons don't have, if they buy them out, $20 million or so of dead money. And uh, they can stretch that if you add the stretching – uh, to each other, and it's less than 15% of their salary cap. So if we, co- we could go into some real math here and figure that out. Again, con- discussions for down the road. But So that's kind of laying out what the buyout situation might be. Again, multi-year buyouts are a little bit unprecedented, but we also know that Blake and the Pistons have a good relationship. Hey, if you're a Pistons fan, maybe you want to dream and think that Maybe we can get out of this just giving him $10 million guaranteed next year and that he, he's you know a nice guy or he really wants to, to move on and get this done. And he's initiating all this, and, and Weaver's just kind of saying, okay, fine, um, but we want you to give some real uh, sacrifices in the contract buyout negotiations. But anyway, um, Brian, uh, two buyout teams that won't happen that would be interesting and fun are the Clippers because like Clippers, that's not going to work. And Phoenix, which on the surface makes a lot of sense. They don't have a four for crunch time. Uh, They're a team that needs some playoff help, but who's their point guard in Phoenix? Chris Paul. That's probably not going to work. Chris Paul and Blake Griffin (laughs) playing together. So that would be a perfect fit, but I don't see that happening unless uh, some some old wounds are are, uh, scabbed over. But I'll throw four more teams at you before I get into my real top five. Four teams that are also Rams, kind of others deserving mention, are one, Atlanta, a young team that's got some playoff aspirations. Again, Oklahoma City, where if they say no, we don't want to give up on Al Horford, but we will fish around for him on the buyout market, give Blake a chance to play at home for a couple months, see if he likes it, and try that out for size. Sacramento, a young team that's close to the playoff mix right now. And Brooklyn, a team that has so many stars, they're going to look to add players in the buyout market. But to me, defensively, that doesn't make a lot of sense for Blake Griffin to end up on that team. Any of those stand out as, as good options to you? Again, OKC out of that group is the team that just makes the sense for me and, and you know, for Blake. And I'm just basing that on the fact he grew up there. That's where he's comfortable, um, you know, seemingly. So, you know, he played college basketball in Oklahoma. 
I think the fans, he's beloved there. So that one makes the most sense from Blake's standpoint. Um, Atlanta, they've got a player in John Collins that they're kind of trying to wonder about what happens right, with the future with moved, him. Right, if he gets moved, that makes a lot more sense for them if he gets traded right. too. Right, absolutely. But I'm actually kind of – there's a team out there that I'm thinking of, but I don't want to step on your top five here. And if we get to them because uh, of something interesting that happened in the last couple of days with uh, with big men. So sure. why don't you shoot your top five at me and, and see what we got. How about that for a radio tease? My top five teams that I could see Blake Griffin going to in the buyout market. That's coming up next here on the Locked on Pistons podcast. But first, it's bang the over brother, Brian. You know what I'm here to talk to you about. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Yes, sir! We're covering everything you need to know about the Pistons, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. Your boy Matt was on with Peter on Tuesday's show, talking Blake Griffin. Here's more with Brother Brian talking about buyout candidates for Blake Griffin to play on the rest of this season. Yeah, a couple possibilities of, of what I think you might be hinting at on my list. And number five will go in descending order to the team that uh, number one is the team I think is most likely that he ends up. Number five, the New York Knicks. Maybe that's who you're talking about with Mitchell Robinson's injury. Uh, they're a team that's probably going for it. New York is a place that I think Blake Griffin would like to try out and maybe live in. How about number four, the Utah Jazz, a team that's been kind of an also-ran in the Western Conference these last several years. They have a chance. They're playing outstanding basketball right now. Maybe he's a guy that comes off the bench and gets them over the hump, and he's from, you know, middle America, so he's lived in Detroit, Utah. Salt Lake City probably doesn't turn him off all that much, although maybe living in Detroit makes him yearn for Los Angeles a little bit. So how about number three, any buyout discussion? The L.A. Lakers are involved. Anthony Davis has got the injury situation. Um, Montrez Harrell kind of clogs up the middle there, too, for them. LeBron is a four in some of their best lineups. So that makes sense in a lot of regards. You know Blake would love to go beat the Clippers in the playoffs. That would be poetry for him. So that's my number three. Number two, how about the Portland Trailblazers? As a team that, again, just like Utah, also runs, needs something to get over the hump. Portland's a city you could see Blake thriving in and living in. Uh, they've done it with Carmelo Anthony, kind of rejuvenating his career a little bit there too. I think that one makes a lot of sense. And then number one, a team that he's kind of been linked to over the years. I don't see a trade that makes a lot of sense here, but a team that's struggling right now in the Eastern Conference, a team that's rejuvenated careers in the past. How about the Miami Heat? As a team who went to the finals last year, had a taste, but probably saw how far away they are from beating teams like the Lakers, and they might be interested in adding a piece like Blake Griffin that uh, could possibly move them into another stratosphere this season. What do you think? Any of those? Yeah, it was Portland. Portland. Portland was the one that I, I liked. You know, the Lakers are going to always be in this discussion when you're talking about we're trying to win championships. People are going to link to LeBron, and that would be an interesting scenario but Portland Nurkic just isn't the same player coming back off this injury and he's Mm -hmm. injured again so it's just it just seems like 
you know, Dame just in the last couple of days too saying he's not going to join super teams and he wants to do it his own way. Well, if you're Portland, you can help him do that by bringing in, you know, more bullets for his gun and, you know, help, you know, bring a winner to Portland. So that is the one that has, you know, it's a progressive city too. It's on the West coast. It seems like somewhere that makes sense on the court, off the court for Blake. Uh, they're looking for big men. They have to be. I mean, Nurkic has just been, you know, you thought with him coming back that it was going to take that team to the next level, and it just hasn't happened. Um, and Dame's just been carrying so much of the load. And him kind of recommitting uh, to the city and not saying he's going to, not necessarily to the city, but not go chase championships with other players, uh, that might be a signal to Portland, like, hey, let's get his cabin stock or his uh, cupboard stocked with uh, some good weapons and Blake may just fit that mold exactly for him. So some interesting names out there and a lot of options. And maybe Blake takes these couple of months to try out a city and, and decide where he wants to go for his career. And one of the questions that kept popping into my head and wondering is where exactly, you know, he's probably not on the Mount Rushmore of great Pistons anywhere. I mean, they didn't win a playoff series with Blake, but we have some memories that you're going to go through um, here in just a minute, but where exactly on the pantheon of great Pistons would you rank Blake Griffin? Yeah, it's hard to come up with a ranking off the top of my head, but you you do like the Grant Hill trade for Ben Wallace, right? And then Jerry Stackhouse being on the beginnings of the going to work era team and then getting traded himself. So those are the those are the two names in terms of narrative where he stands out now. Blake Griff, or Grant Hill was a better Piston because he was there for seven, eight years and was just an, a force of nature. Uh, Blake's time with the Pistons compared to Jerry Stackhouse's time, uh, you know, Stackhouse was longer, but Blake maybe was better. I don't know. So, so that, that's kind of a little bit of a wash too. I'm guessing maybe some of the old timers might have a, a decent idea of it, but just like a guy who was here um, – had you know, one one of his best seasons. I think it was. I think everyone. Some of Pistons Twitter says eighteen nineteen was Blake's best season. He was third in MVP voting behind LeBron James and Kevin Durant with the Clippers. So he had one better season. That we loved eighteen nineteen. It's great and the 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 courage that he showed and third team All NBA when everyone or a lot of people had already written him off. That's great. But he wasn't third in MVP voting like he was that one year but yeah you hope it ends up being like a grant hill jerry stackhouse kind of memory of a professional guy that we all liked and we liked as a city but kind of helped lead to something bigger and uh, hopefully that's where the trajectory is going but some other memories on blake we'll go three two one here in terms of the favorite ones um and two and one is tough to choose between but number three to me is blake's on the road, his first game in the L.A. against the Clippers, where before the game he uh, kind of pretends to not see Steve Ballmer's handshake courtside and runs away from him and then goes out and, uh, and, and wins against the Clippers and has a great game in that one. That'll stand out to me. I think it was a, a mid-January game as well. I'm going to go number two for actually what I think is his best game. Doc Joe Brown brought this up on Twitter as the best game in Little Caesar Arena history, which I agree with but it's still number two with my Blake memories. And that's when he dropped 50 on the Philadelphia 76ers, the Philly burger early in the 18, 19 season. It might've been like game four of the year goes to overtime. He drives and gets the and one to win the game uh, when he gets clobbered and, and lands on his back. And 
Drummond had been tossed out of the game by getting goaded into a, a technical by Embiid, his second technical of the game. Just an unbelievable performance. But the number one memory, and I was in the house for that one, right in the AP story, if you can imagine what it's like to write on deadline of an overtime game that's going back and forth with J.J. Redick threes and nice Blake Griffin plays uh, as the game goes on. But number one for me is game four against the Milwaukee Bucks. He as you know, what we'll always remember about Blake is that he put his body through the punishment during that 18, 19 season to drag this team to the playoffs. Drummond played really well in the second half as well of that season, but uh, and then he missed a couple of playoff games, but came back in games three and four and uh, was obviously in pain, obviously hobbled, but got the Pistons out to a nice lead in that one and uh, was doing the refs. You suck chant while stand- with the little Caesars arena crowd. I was there as a fan that night sitting courtside, um, just a lot of fun and uh, to see him do that and to see the ovation that games three and four, only times I've ever seen LCA just like really packed for a Pistons game. I was there for both of them. And uh, the love that Little Caesarina showed him that night as he went off the floor uh, late in that one as the Bucks completed the sweep is something that Pistons fans will never forget. It is one of the best memories in Little Caesarina history of any sport, Red Wings or Pistons or whatever else. Um, hopefully we'll, we'll add better and more memories to that in time. But uh, those are two things that we'll never forget. Yeah, the game four moments, the defining moment in Blake's time here in Detroit. Uh, the 50 points in Philly was nice, but just leaving it all on the court, risking his body, risking his career uh, for a city that, Let's be honest. We don't know exactly. He never chose to be here. He, you know, he's been, you know, complimentary of the city, not overly effusive. But every t- chance he's been given the opportunity to kind of take a crap on the city, he hasn't taken it. He's been very complimentary. But he chose his teammates. He chose his city over himself, his body, and ultimately, you know, what could have kind of derailed his career there after uh, coming back from the knee injury well a wide-ranging discussion from me and brian i hope you guys enjoyed it a lot to process with blake griffin and the time that he had then what's going on now and what could be happening here in the next few weeks march 25th is the trade deadline um we're going to be hearing about some i don't know i i, I kind of don't think there's gonna be a lot of rumors flying around i feel like this is going to be one of those ones where we're going to wake up one day and a decision will be made and that'll be that whether it's a trade um, again, I think it'll be a buyout. What the salary details will be important to nerds like me. Um, but nice that something is hopefully mutually beneficial in, in a way that the Pistons save a little bit off the cap next year and uh, and he's able to move on to a team that he wants to. Now, if there's a trade that can work out and still fulfill both of those goals, that would be possibly helpful if there's a player out there of a big salary number that Troy Weaver can uh, identify and covet and find the other team willing to part with them as well. Uh, a couple of interesting things there. Yeah. And I also want to point out how through this process, through the Derrick Rose process and, you know, through the uh, tornado of an off season that Troy Weaver had, how quick this front office moves to get things done. And then through this Blake process, the transparency that this front office has shown uh, through this, through the beginning of this process anyway, uh, it seems to be something that allows the fans to be engaged. And I think that, you know, Troy Weaver continues to endear himself to this team, to this fan base and to the players. Uh, I think working with, 
Blake Griffin, working with Derrick Rose, shows players around the league that this is a guy who cares about the people who care about this team. So I really have appreciated the energy and effort the you know current front offices you know been with being open with as open as you could expect any front office to be with the media with the fans you know it's, it's such a quick departure from what we were dealing with with Quintricia and you know for years over with the Lions so uh, I think that it just kind of needs to be pointed out that not only is Troy Weaver seemingly making good decisions for the direction of this team he's also involving the fan base more so than I can remember a lot of front any front offices in Detroit doing in the in the recent past. Yeah, player friendly for sure, and that could pay dividends in the future, like you said. But like, kind of as I open the show with, why is this public? It, it's it's a little bit strange. And yes, there that could be part of it. You want to have people be aware. But the cynic in me or the conspiracy theorist in me is thinking maybe he's Troy Weaver is basically throwing it out there to the NBA, saying we are willing to buy this guy out. So. I'm trying to goose other teams into accepting offers that, hey, if this guy goes in the buyout market, he's not going to pick to go to your team, but he's willing to go to your team in a trade. So maybe this is a little bit of a hardball negotiation tactic by Troy Weaver to pressure some teams into trading for him or accepting the offers that he might have out there as opposed to uh, rolling the dice and hoping that he picks them on the uh, the buyout market. So maybe a little bit of a conspiracy there. Up next, back to On the Court Matters as the Pistons will be back in action on Wednesday night in Dallas. Brian's got the details. That's coming up next here on the Locked On Pistons podcast, which is a proud member of the Locked On Network, your team every day. And you know I got to tell you guys about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever, the improved Built Bar, even more delicious than the past, the, the new flavors, the caramel brownie, the cookies and cream, the cherry barcia, the lemon almond cheesecake, the carrot cake, and the apple almond crisp as well. Add those to the 12 OGs. Flavors like raspberry and peanut butter brownie. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they are soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy. You lose or maintain the weight while indulging in a delicious treat. These bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet or whatever kind of low-carb diet you're trying to chip away that belly fat with, and I know it does a good job. You should maybe consider it. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Go behind the scenes of the game you love and get all sides of the story with the Rejecting the Screen podcast. Each week, Noah Kozloff and Adam Stanko get personal while interviewing players, coaches, media members, all the people who make the NBA happen. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get podcasts. Check out Brother Brian talking Dallas Mavericks. Here he goes. This is your Pistons game preview. The 8-19 Pistons look to extend their season-long winning streak to three deep in the heart of Texas on Wednesday night, taking on the Dallas Mavericks. Detroit, winners of three of their last four, take on the 13-15 Dallas Mavericks, who are coming in on a one-game losing streak, losing to the Trail Blazers 121-118. The Mavericks, however, have won four of their last five. This will mark the first game the Pistons play since the organization and Blake Griffin 
Griffin decided that he would not play for them until the two sides could reach an agreement on his future with the team. The Rick Carlisle coached Mavericks are led by MVP candidate Luka Doncic, who's averaging over 29 points, almost 9 rebounds, and 10 assists a game. Kristaps Porzingis joins Doncic in averaging over 20 points a game, and he also grabs 8 rebounds a night. Tim Hardaway Jr., Josh Richardson, and Jalen Brunson also average in double digits for the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks are near the bottom of the league in giving up nearly 115 points a night to their opponents. This will be the first matchup between the two teams this year, and last year they had one matchup that saw Dallas win in a game that was played in Mexico City. The Bet Online info hasn't opened for the game yet, but follow Locked On Pistons on Twitter and we'll keep you updated on all of that information. The game will tip at 9 p.m. from American Airlines Center in Dallas and will be on Fox Sports Detroit and WWJ 950 AM. This has been your Pistons Game Preview. Pistons back in action on Wednesday night, and we will have your recap on Thursday's show. Thanks, you guys, for listening to the Blake Griffin extravaganza this week. We'll, of course, be following the story closely, seeing if there's any rumors out there, and, of course, giving my great reactions to the resolution. I know you guys you guys know if you listen, I'm 100% right in my analysis of uh, how moves are made, especially Troy Weaver moves. Ha, ha, ha. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Pistons. I am your host, Matt Shook. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Rejecting the Screen. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.